Hello, Buckers. It's good to be in your ear holes again. This A-League season seems to be spluttering along to the finish line with a pace that can only be described as glacial. But there is a man here with me tonight who will deliver fast, hot takes on the state of the buck and where we find ourselves with eight games to go in the regular season. Good evening, Clarky. Dave, and uh, good evening to all the Vuckers out there. Great to be here again. Um, super pumped to talk about another two one-one draws that we've had <laughs> over the past little period. But I'm also super pumped to uh, heap some praise on our championship-winning, our back-to-back championship-winning women's side. You're not wrong, uh, because very importantly, this week we need to take stock of the fact that the Vuck have added yet another trophy to the cabinet. As you said, back-to-back for the A-League women's. Jeff Hopkins, the Midas touch continues. It's incredible. We will delve into that probably to an equal measure to the uh, dire 1-1 game results that the men's team trotted out. But, look, that will take up a good chunk of our time tonight, listeners, because it's very much worthy. Uh, It was nothing short of brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Um, but look, we will, of course, cover off on the two VUC games that have passed us by this week. We'll give you also some of our thoughts on the fortunes of the national team and the VUC involvement there with Valami and Daggers. And then we'll swing back around and talk about a very important clash in Adelaide this Saturday night, third versus fourth, a game with you know, a fair amount of... I guess there's a fair bit to be said in terms of the consequences of how the ladder will finish up. Uh, even though we have eight games to go, there's there's sort of a couple of camps forming in that top six or so teams, Clarkie, wouldn't you say? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm, I mean, it's as I said, it just feels like it's just dragging on a bit this season and there's just, it's, it's very odd. We were talking about this, you know, <laughs> off air that mm. – it's a strange kind of state of the vuck where we feel like you know it's obviously way better than last season and and you know we had so much doom and gloom uh the season gone and the one before that even as well but you know and we are better but it doesn't feel altogether satisfying but look clucky no. a, a couple of new patrons have joined the ranks of FES this week and hopefully they've logged on to the Discord. Now, the Discord is a bit of a safe haven at the moment. It's like a an island of fun in, you know, in this kind of miserable season that we find ourselves in that we kind of just want to put behind us, isn't it, Clarky? Oh, you're 100% correct, Dave. It's it keeps it keeps a lot of people going. Um yeah. I'd hazard a guest this season. It's just, it's been great during the week. Um, we've been able to drown our sorrows about uh, the woes of, of the national team, but also Oof. then sort of come together in our collective, like, hate for Graham Arnold, uh, which has been <laughs> great. Uh, as oh. we've mentioned before, it, it's the place to be for Vuck away days. It, if you're not actually traveling and on the away day, it, if you're not in the Discord, like I, I can't imagine what the, the last few results would have been like without without the company of of our wonderful Patreon subscribers in the Discord. So yeah, yeah patreon.com slash for Vuck's sake to get involved. And this week we'd like to extend a huge welcome and thank you to Zachary Davis, Arthur and Brett McNeil for coming on board. Your your support is hugely appreciated by every one of us here at FBS and and we couldn't do it without all our wonderful Patreon subscribers. So if you want to get involved for as little as a dollar fifty an episode, patreon.com slash for buck's sake. Yes, and Buds can't be with us tonight. Uh, he is in the process of organizing the postage for all of the merch uh, that will be, I guess, assigned based on your Patreon tier. There's T-shirts, there's stubby holders. They are going to be on their way. There is a small logistical challenge in Bud's being able to get to Geelong somehow because that's where he's got to go (laughs) and grab it all. But it will happen, we assure you all. All right, so 
let's get into it, shall we? This is For Buck's Sake. Hello, this is Ivan Kelava. You are listening for The Buck's Sake. Mon de Buc! Clarky, two games, both 1-1 one, one draws, and you alerted me to the fact that <laughs> that is it's not just two 1-1 one, one draws in a row in the league. It's actually four on the trot. The exact same result, mate. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We are in um, a golden era of, of popper ball where we're, <laughs> we're not particularly good, but we're not particularly shit. <laughs> Sometimes so- maybe good. Sometimes, Sometimes maybe bad. Shit. <laughs> yeah. So yeah and, yeah. and I will note that three of those one-one draws, mm. um, we've con- we've conceded from winning positions. Yeah, yeah, and it, it, the, the, I think we coined it the the concession zone or the concession time. You know, where uh, winning positions, dropping points, um, a real shame, really, because those four games. Had we have picked up maybe, I don't know, six or seven points instead of four points, could have had a different outcome in terms of the finals uh, and, and how they're going to land uh, in, a, in about a month and a half's time. So, look, as I said, two 1-1 one, one draws that we're going to discuss right here and now and both you know, with divergent endings. Um, and, look, we do believe that they were both winnable games, mate. I mean, (laughs) at least in terms of, I guess, the the, the chances created and, yeah, we weren't dominant for large periods. But I think what these results do condemn us to is, at least for this stage of proceedings, it condemns us to be also rans. Certainly in, in, in the regular season, and I kind of mentioned this last podcast that I think realistically right now, it's looking like the best we can hope for is a strong finals run. And dare I say it, or maybe with some hope here that we get some more football that I guess, or some football that doesn't put us to sleep for large chunks <laughs> of a game, mate. But look, Western United, um, that's the first one we're going to, cover off on. Now, I thought, you know, if you told me 1-1 at the uh, start of the game, I probably would have taken it given the way in which Western United have been performing. But we were dog shit going forward early. Um, The Popovich number nine curse continues with Marjota. And Jamie Young has the game of his life and top or fucking Stanley does us in. That was grim when that happened. But, Clarky, over to you, mate, because, you know, we still pulled it out of the fire with a late equaliser. Let's let's go through this game a little bit. Yeah. So, f- from my perspective, I, I think probably for the for the first half, Western United were were probably the better side. However, that, that's not saying much. This was an absolutely dire... Um, first 45 minutes of football where I think I can be kind and say that both coaches set up in a, in a way in which um, was, was pragmatic and, and they didn't want to lose. That, that's what it felt to me. Um, I think the hallmark of John Aloisi this, this season for Western United has been, they've been getting the results, but it hasn't been particularly great to watch. And, and this was kind of looking like that same sort of thing. And then you, you look at us and, and Popper's largely the same, a, a pragmatic style manager. I mean, look, I, I'm reflecting more on his time at Western Sydney when I say that um, opposed to, you know, a, when he was managing Perth, he was, was a lot more sort of open yeah. and attacking. Uh, but yeah, it was, um, my God, that was a tough 45 minutes to watch. It was, uh, and not just because it was cancelling, um, sort of each team was cancelling each other out. There was just the lack of pace, lack of impetus, lack of desire in, in the contest. It was like, it was screaming for someone to just put a, put a boot in and, 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 you know, sort of kickstart something because it, it just felt like two teams going through the motions and, we wonder why we don't attract neutrals or, or new blood sometimes. I mean, if, if you switched on and watched that first half, you'd be like, 
I'm not watching this second half, but we do because we're rusted on diehard idiots pretty much. <laughs> yeah, I think I made a comment during the course of the game that um, it was right up there with the most boring display of football I've seen in a while. And someone reminded me, don't you remember what happened last season? But <laughs> I guess it wasn't so much that it was boring last year as that we were so bad, um, which you know isn't fun either. But yeah, uh, this, I mean, look, I don't want to get into discussions at the macro level of Australian no. football and the, the way in which a lot of coaches seem to set up in this league as you said quite rightly um you know not wanting to lose not wanting to take risks pragmatic football reactive football um that's what we're seeing um i feel like part of this though part of it is that the boys look gassed as well mm. um you know i think this was the third game in a week the the, the smallest squads the COVID impacts that, you know, there's at least one player every game that is missing out because of be it a close contact or or what have you, which you know, happened to me last week. It, it's spreading like wildfire at the moment. I think a lot of it's got to do with schools here in Melbourne mm-hmm. in particular. So, I mean, look, I'm, look I'm, I'm searching for those mere culpas when it comes to, you know, why things are the way they are and, and static and, you know, there are flashes of brilliance and so forth. And we relied this on this occasion on Brendan Hamill uh, in the 85th minute to equalise, yeah, which obviously brought some joy. Um, you know, there were other chances as well, but, you know, it was that man, Jamie Young, who, correct me if I'm wrong, mate, we um, passed on him in the off-season and we... Uh, if we're going to stay on goalkeepers, we recruited uh, Ivan Kelava instead, mm. uh, who looked suspect yet again in this game, and as we'll get to, uh, was dropped for the following game. Mate, what do you think? Yeah, well, I mean, Jamie Young's got a lot of experience at this level, um, not uh, too un- dissimilar to, to other keepers. He, he has some faults. Jamie Young notoriously... Uh, suspect at his near post but overall i think his body of work in this league is has proved him to be a more than capable keeper who on his day can be absolutely unstoppable uh and it was looking that way he was pulling out saves and 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 winding back the clock and, and looking simply phenomenal whereas at the uh at the other end of the park between the sticks uh <laughs> friend of the pod ivan caliver uh, continued his suspect ways now you know, he didn't cost us anything per se, but it's just now that you can see that he's lacking confidence. Everyone around him's lacking confidence in him. I think even the players are, are in front of him lack, don't have the confidence in him as much. And, and well, I, I don't see too many more people sort of defending him out in, in Vuckland. I think we were the last bastions, Dave, of, of give Ivan some time. And, uh, well, you know, that didn't, uh, that didn't happen. <sighs> Sorry. What was that? Like, leave Ivan alone um, yeah. for, for, for a little while there. You know, they were just sort of clinging to the, to the life raft, um, defending him uh, there. But, yeah, Look, unfortunately. And we were invested. We were invested yeah, yeah, a little yeah. bit. Look, we we can't blame with our heart a little bit with Ivan. But, look, at a certain point, you've got to be realistic and, I think when when a bloke is that suspect and and it, that lack of confidence permeates through through everyone, not just the fans, but as I said, some of the players. Well, I think a shake up is required, and and that's what we saw against Western Sydney Wanderers. Um, albeit now the news coming to hand today that Matt Acton has now injured his foot yeah, and yeah. Uh, will be out for a not insignificant amount of time. That's right. Yeah. Let let let's. I mean, I, I'm not like super impressed with Matt Acton either, but I, I do feel like a bit more confident. Um, well, he just, hasn't done anything wrong yet, so no, until until that occurs, the back four just with with Ivan, you can just sense that they're they're, they're playing a bit more cautiously because they're worried about what might happen. Uh, it, it's definitely noticeable there's shakiness and i guess a lack of confidence yeah there's no other way to put it but 
Um, Lee Broxham, Clarkey. Congratulations to Lee Broxham, 350 games. He did come on and I, I thought, yeah, he did sort of play a bit of a role in the impetus that was provided in what resulted in a goal for us there through Hamill. I mean, are we going to see another player like Lee Broxham? Uh, you know, I mean, in the league, maybe we will. Uh, it's just a, a remarkable achievement and hats off to the bloke. Oh, absolutely. Absolute club legend. Build the statue or all that sort of business. I mean, players like Lee Broxham are, are worth their weight in gold and some in, in a salary capped league like ours. Uh, yeah, he may not be the first name on the team sheet when when all is going well, um, but he's always there. He's ever present. He's, he's always done what's asked of him. Uh, to do a yeah. job, whether that's midfield, whether that's left back, whether that's centre back, uh, yeah, you don't want him. You probably don't want him at centre back for a, for a huge long run. And if you've got aspirations, you probably don't want him playing twenty seven games um, in a central midfield role. Uh, but when there's a job to be done, when squads are stretched and the chips are down, Lee's your man. He's yeah, yeah, and we saw. Um... From some quarters, um, a bit of sort of criticism, and I think there's a lot of angst with the whole Australian football situation at the moment. Again, I'm getting a little bit sort of big picture here with the national team and the failings there, and you know, some people we'll sort of making we'll yes, some people <laughs> making exactly comments around. Well, this is what happens when you let someone like Lee Broxham play 350 games because oh, you know, blah blah off. blah, and like. Uh, that that is basically viewing the league uh, through a prism of negativity that seems to think well every single player has to be an up and coming player. Well, let's not forget Broxham was once an up and coming player. He uh, he uh, shined the boots. He just stopped growing. The club. Yes. <laughs> uh, look, football isn't as simple as that. Um, and look, as you said, salary capped league, these sorts of uh, players are invaluable. And uh, yeah, look, uh, who knows when Brox will hang up the boots? So it'd be fair to say it's probably the end of this season, you know. But yeah, I mean, all I can say is uh, well done. That's a, that's a, a remarkable achievement. When you look at some of the other names in that list, Um yeah, it's 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 incredible. Uh, look, let's leave Western United behind. Uh, it really sucks having Western United and Western Sydney Wanderers in two games to in a row to talk about. You got to really sort of enunciate your words and make sure you don't fuck those up. But balls of steel for this one, Clarky, uh, run us through them. And oh boy, do we have a mover and shaker uh, this week in that yeah, competition? Yeah, we we absolutely do. So uh, against Western United, three votes goes to Jason Davidson. Two votes to Jason Garrier and one vote to Marco Rojas. Yeah, yeah. Pretty accurate there, I feel. We'll get to the leaderboard after we talk about the next 1-1 draw against the Western <laughs> Sydney Warriors. Uh, all the goals for this game were saved until the last five or so minutes, so we had to sit through quite a bit to endure. Um, a fair bit. Yeah, Matt Acton got the call up uh, and you know I think to resounding sort of praise that Popper had finally decided to make what is a pretty uh, I guess big deal of a change I mean not always I mean we've seen it across the league but it's basically it's like okay that's it you know mm. it's time for the guy to get a go but I think and you know Matt Acton played reasonably well I thought but I think the key talking point in this game and we didn't really Probably dig our heels in enough. Kept our powder dry. Bloke. Yeah, when it comes to um, yeah his opportunities, Francesco Margiotta. I mean, Ben Falami's off on national team duty, as is Nick D'Agostino. I knew that that meant that Margiotta would start both of these games. Mm -hmm. I brought him into my fantasy team because of that. I thought, well, he's he's going to start. He'll surely it's now or never. Goal. Yeah. yeah, and this last chance saloon. I think it was the second or third last chance saloon, but still, last chance saloon, wasteful, woeful. Unfortunately, combination of factors, confidence mm. is low. You know, that, that goal that he took in Adelaide earlier in the season, he had some poise about him. You could see that, you know, he had the craft and, and the wherewithal in the box. 
to be that kind of finisher, but that's gone. It's completely gone, mate. Yeah. Well, as you said, I think it's a number of factors and yeah, look, if you want to just keep it very raw and simple and basic, he, he's there to put the round thing into the back of the, the rectangle net thing. And he, and he's not doing that. Um, yes, I will acknowledge that he, he has sort of, I guess, um, cultured play in his locker with assisting buildups, sweeping balls, and then getting on his bike. But this is where the secondary thing comes in. You can have that all you like. This, the way we're playing doesn't suit that. So therefore, that that's not yep. really achieving anything. Yeah, cool. He, look at you. You start starting a nice little pass and move, but it's not really resulting in anything. And and that that is, you know, he's not taking his chances. But also, Popper's team is not playing like it was at the start of the season. We were like, oh, look at this, a little bit fast and counterattacking, a bit swashbuckling, and that's when he he he, he scores that that goal. And those we're just not playing like that. And then you look at someone like Nick D'Agostino and he's very much more suited to the way we're playing, which is just roll your sleeves up and pounce on mistakes. Um, yes. That's what Marviotta's got go. But however, when a ball falls to you in the fucking box, if you're a visa fucking striker, I expect you to put that in the back of the net more often than you don't. And he's it was not. astonishing. Yeah. Um I mean, we've, we, yeah, in this league and at this club, seen some howlers, uh, some sitters missed over the years, over the journey. Uh, yep. This was right up there. Uh, unfortunately, you know, for, for him, unfortunately for us, unfortunately for his wife, Clarkie, yeah. uh, because we have to talk about the uh, social media abuse um, mm. that Marjota's other half copped. There's, Unfortunate set of circumstances, really. Um, and here, for fuck's sake, we tend to have a pretty confident belief that this wasn't actually victory fans uh, doing mm. this. Is that right, mate? Yeah, well, I mean, the evidence points to international viewers um, who, who watch A-League games on the international YouTube streams for for gambling purposes. However, we can separate that and say, yeah, it's not fans, but... You know, more broadly, this behavior is just not on whether you're a degenerate gambler, whether you're a Vuck fan. I don't know what goes through your head mm. to, to 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 not only like message a player after his Mr. Go and be like, you fucking shit cunt, you know, but like mm. a dude's wife, like she hasn't done anything to, to it just it blows my mind that what the thought process that these people go through and the character of a person to go. Well, you know what? I'm going to have a crack at this because you fucked up my multi. You know what? I, I couldn't give two shits about your fucking multi, mate. And, I, and I'm sure um, Francisco and, and his wife don't either. But it's just abhorrent behavior. And and whether it's it's local gamblers doing that or overseas, it, it illustrates to me someone who's not really a, a gambler. But I don't have too much of a problem with it. But it illustrates that. There is an ever-growing problem worldwide with sports gambling and this kind of behavior. It's yeah, it's yeah, really concerning. Real, real lower than a snake's belly type uh, behavior, ultimately. And mm. look at this this game. I mean, as I said, you know, for large chunks of it, you know, the, the scorers were not troubled. But this one, we really should have won. We dominated certain duels and battles in the midfield, even though, you know, Ugarkovic and Bacchus, you know, a very solid midfield that they, they have. We've talked about that before, but, you know, we, we managed more shots on target. We had more of the ball, more chances at home. Really, this is two points lost. And if we, if we fast forward to the, 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 I guess, dramatic end to this game, Roderick Miranda, this was telling, obviously, but then not telling given what happened afterwards. Obviously, his sending off was less than ideal given the, mm. the, the merry-go-round in, in, in the centre of defence that we've had uh, for, for COVID and injuries and, and so on. Um, we, we, we see that happen. You know, he gets sent off in, what was it, the 88th minute? And then we're just like, well, there's no, there's no coming back from here. Is there Clarkie? No, that was where it's like, all right, 
take take a nil nil. <laughs> yeah, we ended up scoring from there. It's just look. I'm not going to be too hard on on Miranda. That's just one of those ones that it it, it he's just mistimed it and he's he's studs up on the bloke. But it just comes at a really bad time, as you said. The the, the revolving door of our central defence <sighs> pairing, you know, and and that sort of harks back to where it's like, well, Ivan has no confidence because of other factors, but then every week he's got a he's got a new pair pairing in front of him. Um, it's just, it's just a combination of things. That's, you know, if it wasn't for our uh, Jason Guerrier and Jason Davidson on the wings, our, our defense would be in absolute shambles. And you know, I guess we we expected that Spiranovic was was going to play sort of a guesting role as he, as he worked his way back mm, into football. Mm. But I don't think we anticipated as many injuries, and now him experiencing COVID it's just it's come at the worst possible time and if Spira's not ready to go um this week in Adelaide well we're probably staring down the barrel of of Mr. Fixit Lee Broxham in the center of defense which you know it could be worse but you know it would be nice to have a full strength you know defensive line for a couple of games in a row for some continuity yeah, yeah, and that and that's been a, a perennial issue. Um, look, Spira should, you'd think, um, be right for this because it was COVID. Um, I mean, it's 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 obviously hard to predict, but let let's let's just dwell mm. on the the fact that you know we do go a man down and then we do go one nil up. Uh, the, the 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 scenes on the Discord and the the fist pumping and the people jumping out of couches or you know and people at the game as well um you know i mean we we talked last week about how shit of a time the game was i was still in in iso myself so that was the 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 limitation for me that that particular day but jason davidson um he's grouse isn't he david is is fucking grouse and if it wasn't (laughs) for him this season we'd be heap shitter like you know so he's he's been he's been one of the one of the bright lights it's not he hasn't been a sole bright light i think there's been a, a few pretty good performers and 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 stuff to build on but he to me is we'd be lost without him and i largely think that we wouldn't even be in the top 6 um without him uh, not just his goals that he's provided or assists but his extreme amount of defensive work and running that that if you watch doesn't him, stop. he Man. does not stop, and he he wants to be here. Um, he clearly enjoys being here. I think he looks settled. Um, I think he's enjoying being a little bit of a big fish. Arguably, if Davo put his head down even more, he should he could be playing at a higher level. But you know what? I think he's I think he's happy being in his hometown, being a slightly yep. larger fish in in a in a slightly smaller pond and. You know what? That's to our benefit, but he's been fantastic, and yeah, very well put. I, I, I think that's absolutely spot on with, uh, you know, assessing Jason Davidson's season and his career at large. Uh, but it didn't last long, mate. The uh, adulation <sighs> and the the the, the joy uh, was snuffed <laughs> out real fucking quick because we had a situation: three defenders converge on the ball at the death of this game. Literally one of the last few moments of the game. They let the ball bounce. One of the major rules Cardinal of sin. defending uh, in, in football is you do not let that happen. But not just that, um, it, it unfortunately lands on Brendan Hamill's arm and you know, by the book, that's a handball, and it, it yeah. certainly was. I mean, look, there was suggestion of a potential offside in the build-up to the concession of that penalty. Oh, yeah, and concession time, it, it came a little bit later <laughs> than, than usual this time around. It's usually somewhere 80 minutes onwards, but this time it was literally six minutes into injury time or five minutes into injury time. Um, You've got here in the notes, mate, that you you think they might have taken a look at the offside and that it seemed onside, but who knows? What 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 do you think? And how would you unpack 
what was such a calamitous moment when it looked like for all money we were going to take the three points. First of all, as you said, um, I don't care what level you play at in a situation like that. Don't let the ball bounce. Put it out for a corner. Hoof it. it out for just hoof it anywhere away from the goal. Um, and the most disappointing thing is that you've Man got down. Fuck. A, a couple of really experienced campaigners there. You know, Brendan Hamill, I said at the start of the season, I wasn't sure on him. He was going to be deaf. He's been really good. He deserved his goal against Western United. I think he's been, it's been, that kind of goal has been coming for him. He, he's been, you know, he's been there and thereabouts, but mate, he, and I'm not going to be too hard on him. If he would have it again, he would have absolutely just lashed that as far away as possible. Um, but oh, we've got to do better than that. Yeah, I think Tony Popovich in in post in the press conference um, alluded to that it was offside um, in the build-up and that it wasn't looked at VAR. Look, I think that's... That's Tony. That's Tony just doing a, a little bit of deflection, not your uh, Graham Arnold levels of deflection, which we'll get into. <laughs> no one later. can manage but, that. Level. But I think he's just kind of just protecting his charges a little bit. However, it looks a bit shit when you're 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 dumping on referees when they've actually got it right. Um, he, you want to be careful. Like you got to pick and choose when you dump on your referees. Uh, referees in this league will give you ample opportunities to dump on them. You probably don't need to dump on them uh, when they're These last two got games have been refed pretty well, I think, by and large. Yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah well, the ball it, hasn't been... moved particularly quickly, so <laughs> I should hope so. I mean. <laughs> oh, well, so, I mean, look, 1 1 draw, uh, you know, incredibly unfortunate way to. Finish that, that that game. It really took the jam out of my donut, took the wind out of my sails, took every fucking metaphor out of my brain, um, <laughs> the way that sort of panned out. But, I mean, you know, we didn't lose. But, you know, we but again, really, we're not that, capitalizing that, that. on these games in hand. Like yep. we had a bunch yep. of games in hand and it's like you pick up half of those and we're, we're knocking on top four. Um, you know, we're there and thereabouts and – Start to ruffle some feathers. Now we have to win. From here on, we have to be, we have to find some consistency, not just to to get a better ladder position, but to take that into the business end of the season if we are in fact going to make finals. Because there's still a chance that you know if yeah. we don't start pulling out results, there'll be other teams that will overtake us. We this this and, game against Adelaide on the weekend is so fucking important. Yeah, and look, I'm I'm glad you said that. Before we get onto the votes of the votes for the balls of steel. Look, this season, you know, our, our goal difference is plus three, right? But out of that top six teams, we've scored the least amount of goals, right? Mm-hmm. 23 compared to, say, Melbourne City's 42, Western United's 25, Adelaide's 28. Um and you know, yes, a couple of those teams have played a couple more games. So look, up, we'll, we'll, we'll keep that in the bag. But Economides, Marjota, we're not getting the return on investment. Um, mm. I, I can't wait, and I'm hoping that Daggers and Falami are back oh. from national team duty. Um, they're going to be tired, though. I mean, like, look, they didn't play tons of minutes, but travel is travel. But mm-hmm. yeah, look, um, the the latter position is, you know. It's tight at the moment, and if we slip up, we could miss out on finals. And as I said earlier, all we can hope for is to get this machine purring in the lead-up mm. to finals, a la the season where the heist and the hunter happen. That's what we have to pin our hopes on now and hope that everyone is back, everyone is fit, and we sort out all the issues. Absolutely. Especially with the late concessions and the lapses in concentration. So, look, let's leave those two men's games behind because we've got some good fucking news to talk about. But the balls of steel, Clarkie, we said there was a mover and shaker. That man, again, three votes Jason Davidson. Yeah. Two votes Jason Garrier. <laughs> so a repeat of, those, uh, of the, the game prior. And this time Jake Brimmer won vote. Don't know about that, to be honest. Um, yeah. We haven't really dwelled on Jake, but yeah, I think uh, he's he's struggled a little bit. I feel, yeah. but 
Clarky, let's go through the leaderboard because we do have a new leader. Uh, anyone that has even some ability with math, maths would have noticed that the, the Jason Davidson polling six in the last two games would have had an impact. Go for it, mate. Yeah, well, the Prince of Melbourne has rocketed to the top of the leaderboard on 16 votes, overtaking the people's champion, Lee Broxham, who's still sitting there on 12. Um, Jake Brimmer has moved up um, to 11. Uh, and then rounding out is uh, Ben Falami and Marco Rojas on 10. So there is now a pretty tight chasing pack, but Jason Davidson now with a with a four-vote lead out in front, which to me that, yeah. that seems about right on, on the balance of, of the season, as as we talked about with, with Davo earlier. So uh, thank you to everyone for their votes. Um, thank you to, uh, to Dave for... Uh, Providing the uh, the data scrape of all the yes. v- votes, Dave, Dave Mateo, uh, not not me, but yeah, he, no. he's 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 basically made Bud Bud's job uh, a hell of a lot easier because there's a lot of votes that come in on Twitter and and yeah. Facebook. Balls of Steel and... is at unparalleled levels of professionalism this year. It was uh, <laughs> it was it was always the a little bit casual analytics. and a little bit fun. This is now the definitive player of the season award, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, yeah. Let's get into the WAC. Oh, yes. W League champions. I just back I just to did back. It. I baby. did it, didn't I? I, did, I called it the W League. I did it again. That's because yeah, someone that's wrote here right. W League champions. I think I wrote that. So <laughs> the A League women's champions. Yeah, as you said, back to back, two one up in Sydney. What an amazing advertisement for football this game was. It had everything. If you haven't watched this game, at least watch the highlights or the mini match because you will not be disappointed. Now, go back and watch the whole thing. An extremely engrossing encounter, probably the best game of domestic football this season. Hmm. Across across any le- level, men, women, it was it was unbelievable. It's you couldn't have asked for a better finale for that for the league which you know the the A League women's continues to grow in, in the in the dark that is, um, you know Australian football at large. The, the women just roll up their sleeves and just keep performing and keep getting it done. Um, it's it, it, it's yeah. incredible, really. Uh, you know, not only did you know Jeff Hopkins and and Melbourne Victory manage to keep that that championship winning side largely intact f- from last year. Uh, you know, let's also just mention back to back, both times against Sydney on their patch. Fucking oh, get it sweet. up here, you salty mm. dogs! Yeah. Uh, it's so bloody sweet. Five grand finals they've been in consecutively, and they've only got one to show. It's serial chokers up in the Harbour Town. Um, <laughs> but um, oh mate, I mean, oh, oh, I'm a, I'm gonna let you finish. Um, <laughs> In, in, in due course, mate, but I, I really want to chime in here because that first half was fucking hectic, right? Like, oh. and Casey Dumont's hero- heroics, like, kept us in it, really, because Sydney were just peppering her goal, like, and, and, and some of the saves were just incredible. And, look, the second half, obviously, things took a different complexion because Kyra Cooney-Cross, who, who we love, um, her graft um, resultant in that opening goal kept it alive, floated a ball for Amy Jackson, who artfully put it away with her head and, and we took the lead. So, uh, I mean, but we can't stop there with Casey DeMott, mate, can we? Absolutely monstrous effort. It, it, it must be something about Vuck Keepers and Grand Final Day where you just put your, your body your soul, your heart, all on the line, just leaving it all out there because, you know, sort of sort of coming into the end of the first half and the second half, she she was experiencing sort of dizziness and lightheadedness. Um, she's copped a huge couple of whacks going to retrieve balls just quietly, given that Matt Acton's injured and, and Ivan's suspect. Can we bring Casey Dumont into the men? <laughs> yeah. Like, she's got a bit of time on her hands now that her season's finished. Can we just bring her in? Because... She's been nothing but incredible since, you know, 
joining the VAC for, for the last couple of years. Obviously, mm. famously last year, missed out through 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 injury, I believe. But great to see her fit, healthy, and and playing, um, playing. I think arguably career best football. Um, just unbelievable. I, I can't even find the words to describe how how good she was. Um, but again, it's an entire team effort, you know, the likes of Amy Jackson, Catherine Zimmerman scoring again, you know, Melina Ayres, um, the, sort of the, the tireless work of Alex Chidiak, who probably took a little bit of a backseat to some, some other players in this game. But um, Alex Chidiak also uh, has become the victory medalist um, for the season. Uh, with Casey Dumont coming in second and Catherine Zimmerman third. So congratulations to her. It's just such a huge team effort. Like it wasn't carried by just one person. And it's 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 just, it's so nice to see. Um, this team is united in a family. And, and I feel like maybe a little bit of that gets spoken about at the men's, but these women are actually proving that they are, you know. Mm. Jeff Hopkins is the GOAT. He's now managed three women's championship sides, you know, the inaugural season with Brisbane, back-to-back -back with the, the WAC. Um, he's got two Premier's plates as well with Brisbane and, and the WAC from a couple of seasons ago. He, the guy is magic and, and clearly knows how to get a response out of whoever comes into his sort of teams. Um, and deals with adversity incredibly well because Kayla Morrison – at the end of the game, uh, it was it was awesome when uh, Leah Privatelli called Kayla up. And for those who don't know, Kayla, uh, season-ending knee injury. I think you may have seen her if you guys you know, watch the 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 Victory, Victory TV. TV. She's she's played a role in that along with uh, Jake Barkadesh. Um, so I mean, it's it's kind of yeah, it was it was a real. Uh, emotional moment for her and obviously mm -hmm. the, the team at large uh, to do that. Um, yeah, just really special. Um, and what else can I say? I mean, I think, yeah, you're right that, you know, there's obviously something that's been built there. Uh, it, it's obviously, um, we mentioned it a couple of weeks ago that a couple of the girls, Kyra, Cooney Cross and I can't remember the other one, but they're off to, to Harmaby in, in, in Sweden. Uh Courtney Nevin. Yep. Courtney Nevin. Thank you, mate. Um, you know, and I said, look, it'd be great if they could depart on a high. I mean, I said that. And, you know, the fact that they have, it's just awesome. It's just really cool yeah. that, you know, they're able to depart the club on, on, on that note. And those are two huge losses. I think we, we mentioned last week, but you have confidence in this side and, and Jeff Hopkins to, to find someone else. It's a, it's a system-based side that, that just seems to everyone's on the same page and it's all the parts come together to, to actually create a proper football collective, um, which is, which is so nice to see this just doesn't seem to be any egos in that squad. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's it's brilliant. I I can't praise that that group of of individuals enough and that team enough. It's just phenomenal, phenomenal. It's, as we said, especially what they went through, season-ending knee injuries, um, players coming in and then and then you know going elsewhere. Um, again, majority of these 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 women have other jobs have families, mm, had mm. to deal with COVID. I think they played something ridiculous like seven or eight games in 20-odd in days um, in the lead-in to this final series. It was, it was all against this squad. <laughs> and they've absolutely just mugged off the entire league, mugged off Adelaide United, mugged off Melbourne City, and yeah. then... The sweetest of all on their own patch, mugged off Sydney FC. That is the dream. If if you could, it really is. If you're a I could do that in a run to, to final. the three that is biggest like, enemies. Oh, that's yeah. Bene. That yeah. is drink yeah. that in, inject it in. It's just phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well said, mate. Uh, you, beautiful tribute, really, uh, and yeah, deserving uh, of, of such high praise, uh, Jeff Hopkins and the team. Well done. All right, let's let's carry on. Let's move on because we we, <laughs> we don't have heaps of little bits and bobs to talk about. I mean, look, soccer Twitter exploded again 
uh, today and yesterday seems to be a weekly occurrence. Uh, sometimes it's the buck, sometimes it's other things, but the national team. Now, look, we don't tend to dwell on the national team too much here. We are a buck podcast, uh, you know, but, you know, obviously Ben Falami got his first cap. Well done. Uh, and and Daggers uh, got on the park as well. But I guess the talking point for us here is on, on on two levels, if you like, or two talking points. One is that Tony Popovich has been linked by some in the media as the heir apparent to Graham Arnold, who seems to be pretty much out the door, or at least that's the, Should be. the consensus. Should already and be certainly gone. Certainly, it is but... my, my my feeling that this has been a, a disastrous campaign, particularly the latter parts of it, and just disjointed football, odd selections, strange in-game reactions. I, I, I don't want to go through Japan and Saudi Arabia, which happened you know early this morning, which I caught the, the back end of, but I just feel like with Graham Arnold and his whole modus operandi with the national team, it's killed my love for the national team. I find myself just like, I don't want to say to the point that I don't want to be this guy that says, you know, maybe we do need to miss the World Cup. Maybe we mm. do need to kick up the bum. No, that that's that's not what Australian football needs right now when you consider there are so many things going wrong at the moment. We do absolutely need to be at that World Cup and it's yeah. very likely we will not be. Clarkie, yeah. we have... Not let's just summarize this for our listeners. We have missed out on automatic qualification. There is still the, the, the tiniest fragment of hope that we do qualify through qualification. There's a game against the United Arab Emirates, correct me if I'm wrong, followed by a potential yep. playoff with South American opposition. So it's not, I mean, look, this has happened before and, and we've prevailed, but everything just stinks right now with this team, you know, like some of the substitutions are just baffling, you know, the persistence with Mitch Duke in midfield, playing players out of position. And, and, and it's obvious that he's lost the squad. Like you could see it in that game against Japan early on. Like there were players remonstrating. You could hear Matt Ryan yelling out things to the bench. You know, we, we were embarrassed against Japan at home. Embarrassed. Yeah. It's, it just, I, I don't even know where to begin with, with Graham Arnold, but I guess it just boils down to he's tried to transplant what he did um, at Sydney FC and and in, in our domestic league on a national scale. And he's been, he's been found out because he doesn't have the likes of your Adam Lafondres, your Milos Ninkovic's and your Babos to fall and back on when, yeah, when, <laughs> yeah. when, when, when his style of play doesn't work. But I mean, then if you want to get into the nitty gritty and especially this morning, the two most cultured players with their feet um, in our team in, in Hrustich and um, Denny Genro, um, he's playing like as almost like a six and a wide midfielder. Like what the fuck are you doing, mate? I'm no, I'm no tactics genius, but it's like put those kind of players where they do their their best work, like in attacking creative roles. It's just his stubbornness on, on so many different levels. His stubbornness to 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 change up the way in which um, he deploys a team. His stubbornness to to shoehorn. His stubbornness to continue brute forcing, as you said, the likes of Mitch Duke. And his stubbornness to not take any fucking accountability and then has the fucking audacity to throw it back onto the Australian public where they go, well, uh, you know, this isn't that bad. Like, I think Australians tend to, you know, underestimate Saudi opposition. No, you don't know what you're fucking doing, mate. We know that these teams in Asia are, are fucking good and are, are better than us. But it just... It's baffling. And the bloke won't even fall on his sword now. Like, it's done. When we went through the playoff with Ange, like, we still had this feeling of, fuck, it's going to be tough and this is grim. But we can do it. Ange, Ange is going to get blokes to run through mm, fucking mm. walls for him. 
and he and fucking he did. did, and it wasn't pretty, but we got it done. There's no way that Arnie can motivate these people. What's he gonna do? Pull out a fucking Bradley C. Stubbs book and be like, oh, <laughs> fucking believe it, realize it, achieve it, done, done, done. Fuck off, mate. Like, ah, oh, it's just so yeah. grim. And I think even even Sydney FC fans are probably starting to see the forest for the trees. And we we've been talking about this for a while with with um, his management style. But yeah, the deflecting, you know, and the and the the posturing post game, uh, I find it just insulting almost. Um, I want to talk about the cattle topic because this has been something that you know I, I made a, a post on Twitter and I think it was misconstrued a little bit. You know that. Mm. The, the whole thing, well, you know, he's doing the best he can. This is the narrative, not my view. Like, given that, you know, we don't have players playing in the top leagues anymore, you know, and, you know, the, the, the standard of Australian footballer coming off that assembly line just isn't where it was and, 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 and so on and so forth. That's just a, an argument laden with falsehoods when, you know, there, there are plenty of nations that, you know, don't have the, you know, that, absolute top level assembly line of talent it's about how they are you know led out on the park or the tactical how they set up and and their desire uh to go out there and and do it for their manager and this is where i feel you know particularly against japan because i actually watched that from from beginning to end you could just see that it just was not there that the frustration Aiden Krustich, you know, displayed was was obvious. It was palpable, and and he this, was all this of is us. A sign of, he was yeah. all of us. Every football fan. That's when a player is on the field showing that kind of frustration. It's it's not just alarm bells. It's 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 almost too far gone. It's yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. And look, I mean, Twitter it's today bullshit. was was we was, have the was cattle a shit show. We have I, I think the cattle so, yeah. to go back to that. We have more than enough to get through that group if we're yep. fucking fair income and we have a have a have a manager who who knows how to deploy players and not just go well this is how we're going to play and I'm going to shoehorn you in here and shoehorn you in there work with what you've got arnie be a little bit dynamic be a little bit more flexible but he's not he's tried to brute force his way through asia and that's just never going to fucking happen it's just yeah we do have yeah. the cattle yeah maybe we don't have a bunch of blokes playing in the Premier League or in the Bundesliga. We've got to stop comparing ourselves to the golden generation because that's what it was. It was a golden generation, it potentially never to be repeated unless we get our pathways fucking fixed up, which is a completely entirely separate podcast, probably a podcast series. Yeah. <laughs> but- I mean, look, the, the, the golden generation comparisons, uh, I mean, there's some obvious, you know, obvious things to call out there. There was, there was a certain class of player in that squad that was obviously something that we don't have now. Mm. Mark Viduka is is the, the, the obvious one for me and Harry Kuehl, Tim Kale. But beyond that, like uh, people talk about, oh, players weren't playing in the top leagues the world of football has changed in in nearly 20 years right so it was 2006 and the lead up to that you know we're talking 15 fucking years ago right mm. the the world has changed in terms of which leagues you know people go to and everything like that you know there, there are less australians playing in the premier league but there are less a, a lot of other nationalities playing in in the premier league it it isn't an apples and apples comparison to make those comparisons with the golden generation and the the players that we are producing now. Uh, th- th- there's a fair argument to be had that, you know, the last 15 years, you know, like with, with uh, the you know, ascension of the A-League and the, the changes in pathways, as you just touched on everything, could have you know, had a, an impact mm. over what we're seeing now and all of that. And, you know, I, I take that on board. I think that's that's very much the case. But I still think we have... Um, quality players that that are played at a decent enough level. It's just that at the moment we we we've got a guy in charge who's now failed, not just once but twice. Um, he's been given the keys to the, the 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 best car, you know, in terms of Australian football. And the disappointing thing with with Twitter today is that there are still people defending him. I mean, it's it's getting smaller and smaller, but. 
for crying out loud, this, the, you know, like the, the, the way in which Ange was treated, um, you know, <laughs> compared mm. to this, uh, it, it just absolutely mind-boggling. And, look, I've said this a few times now, like, I mean, Australian football at the moment, <laughs> it's almost at the point where it's depressing um, on so many levels, so many levels. Like, I've talked to you boys about it, like, Playing football, uh, you know, at the local level is three, four, five times more expensive than other sports. That that's yeah. one thing. The state leagues in this country are riddled with cronyism and corruption. The national league is arguably approaching, or you know, <laughs> palliative care on its deathbed again because this transfer of power to the to the clubs doesn't appear to have caught on and we, we're in some serious strife if things don't change in this coming off-season. The national team is a basket case not being able to get through this group. You know, and it's international football, you know, if we end up – no, we are ending up with 48 teams qualifying for the World Cup after this one, uh, which yeah, just everyone takes gets the a joy qualification. out of it. Yeah, yeah. Everyone gets it a participation nothing, medal. So it, it – and to the the cherry on top is that fucking Qatar is the host of, of the World Cup, um, you know. Which where do you where do you begin? It's meant to be fucking all... ours. Fuck yeah. Same. So I mean, look, well, at least I, I could. He wouldn't said, roll yeah. us out in Australia and embarrass us on our own soil like he's. Fuck, yeah, fuck I mean, that bloke. I, I, I've, <laughs> I've, 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 as I said at the very beginning of this, like this tenure of this manager of our national team has, has kind of really knocked the stuffing out of me. Like the, the soccer ruse for me is just the, the pinnacle, you know, in, in, in my football supporting life, football viewing life. And for, for me to feel just so deflated and, and I won't mm. say disinterested because I'm, I'm still watching and I'm still, you know, following the national team, but I just don't have the love for it. And I just want to see a recharge and regeneration and someone put in, in the role that starts to extract the quality that is there. And I, I actually, you know, people talk about, you know, the, the, the pathways not being there or anything like that. I think we're going to, we're going to have again, another period of good players coming through. I think that will happen again. I have no doubt about it. Um, but yeah. There's always going to be good players coming through. It's it's now the the the, I guess the the challenge is to to capture them. Not all, you know, not only to have them represent us because as we've seen during the week, um, young stars with uh, dual nationalities and dual eligibility are are choosing to go to to other countries, and uh, you probably can't blame them. <laughs> you have a look and you go. Do I want to be coached by fucking Graham Arnold and be thrown out on a wing or, you know, or in a six or, you know, do I want to go play for Italy and, and chance my arm there? Well, you can't blame it. And and then also not only just losing to other countries, but losing kids to other sport, as you said, the almost the, the prohibitiveness of the fees at, at, at grassroots level. It's like it, more and more parents are going to go, well, going to go play cricket or rugby league or AFL because it's just, you just rock up. You don't Basketball. have to pay. You don't have to pay some 38 year olds wages in, in, in your yearly fees. Who's going to tr train once and play 60 minutes in the NPL because that's, that's where the match fees are going. Like that's where the subs are going. It's just, yeah. But look, we could we could rattle on for hours, and we won't. Um, we're, we're probably going to look wind yeah. that discussion down because it really could go forever. All all I will say is like, just like there, there's, we spend a, a lot of time. People that follow Australian football spend a lot of time just bitching about rubbish instead of all being on the same page, you know, that I made a tweet last week, you know, when that whole writers festival thing happened, you know, and all this toing and froing of, of negativity and comments, it's like, no wonder, no wonder that the sport just keeps on repeating this cycle 
of mediocrity, mm. you know. Uh, <laughs> let's leave it there. Otherwise, we're just going to start crying and screaming. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, Let, let's talk about Adelaide away. That, that, whoa, that'll fire up the punters because there's no greater away trip in, in, in Buck folklore, really. Like, we love going to Adelaide. We love being hated when we go there. I love going there. I can't go this time around, but, you know, I, I certainly have – you know, at least approaching a dozen uh, badges of, of, of visits to to the uh, city of churches uh, over the years, being a, a vaca. And look, this is big because we've already covered it. But it's third versus fourth, two teams not shooting the lights out, but two teams just a little bit less shit than the rest of the league, Clarky. Um, let's let's just think about selection because we've. In case you missed it, Matt Acton is injured, likely to be out for roughly a month, we're hearing. So Ivan Kelova will return after just one game on the pine. But there's Marko Bulic as well. I'm quite bullish about Bulic, Mark. Uh, Clarky, hopefully Daggers and Falami come back for this one. Mm. Critical okay. game here, critical as as we've already said. Do you care to potentially try and make a prediction? Because like Carl Viet is 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 doing reasonably well when you consider uh, the issues they've had uh, in Adelaide as well with yeah. players missing and so on. How, how do you see this one unfolding? Yeah, well, both teams desperate for actually a, a win. Adelaide, I think, a winless in in their last three, as we're winless in our last four. We've got four draws, but they're two losses and a draw. Um, and it's always a spicy affair. I think it's it's kind of one of those fixtures that it doesn't, I think we've said this before, it doesn't matter where the teams are. One can be at the top, one can be at the bottom. They can be third versus six, which I think it is now, given that there's been results that have gone on this evening, Dave. I think we've dropped down to sixth now. So this is much, must, must, must win for us because in seventh on the same amount of points is Sydney FC. So, yeah, Sydney are breathing down our necks. Um, yes, we have some games in hand on them, but as we said earlier, we have to keep winning. We have to try and pick up some maximum points from these games in hand we have. Otherwise, we are in real danger of, of slipping well out of the top six because Central Coast have played about the same amount of games as us, and they're only um, three points behind us. Uh the box office Jets have played the same amount of games as us, and they're they're only four points adrift of us. So you know mm. there is a there is a pretty big logjam from from six to to six to ninth, even six to tenth. Although you know I'm not overly concerned with with Western Sydney um, out there in tenth. So we just need to start picking up points and 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 getting a bit of belief back. Not only because I think the fans are starting to to understand that. Oh, is this is this the popper ball that we we feared we'd get? I guess the the worst, not the worst case scenario, but the the less desirable side of having Tony Popovich as a manager. Um, so it's about getting belief back in the stands and on the park. We need daggers and Falami back. They they Big have time. to play. Yeah. If, if they if they're available, they have to start. If they can't make a full ninety, that's fine. They need to start. Like especially Falami, given that again, as we mentioned earlier, Chris Economides still hasn't really gotten going, um, which is a concern for another day. We we've been going for an over an hour now. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Look, no, oh. you've said it. You've said it perfectly, mate. We, there's 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 now it's now squeaky bum time. Yeah, in, in it, this it's league, now. it's yeah. it's now. So look, eternal optimist. Um, I'm going to say that we are we are going to win. Um, I reckon it's going to be two one. I reckon we're going to leave it late. Um, uh, and yeah, I reckon uh, I reckon Davo might get the winner in uh, over in Adelaide, which would just further further raise his his status amongst the Victorians. So I'm backing. I'm backing Chris Economides to yes, um, yes. deliver in this game, and I think we're going to. Uh, have a one nil win with Icon uh, scoring. I think Adelaide are a bit weak in those 
fullback positions. I think we can exploit them well. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I think it really it is time for those players to start delivering. And, look, uh, hot off the presses, you know, you're talking about Sydney, uh, you know, reeling us in uh, in terms of the uh, teams that are behind us. Sydney have just drawn 2-2 two, two with MacArthur. So, you know, they've only nudged up one up the ladder. So, yeah, probably a, a good result in that in that sort of context. So, well, yeah. 2-0 down. So, that, yeah. that's a good result with a – it seems like Sushna scored at both ends. An own goal and Willis's W as well. So, yeah, look, I mean, we we've said it all. We've said it all. There's eight games to go in this season and, and, and a final series after that, if you can believe it. Um, all right, let's leave it there. Mon the Vark. Mon the Vark. <laughs>